push through and punch through a vision with passion, a vision with passion. Welcome to Envisioned Broadcasting. The station designed to encourage, equip, and empower you for growth and success presents When They Hear Us, an author's movement, a show that provides authors a platform to share their voice with the world. When They Hear Us, with Dr. Tracy Hines Lashley, begins now. Hello world, welcome back to When They Hear Us. I have a special guest today. Her name is Pamela Hinkle. But before we get to her, my name is Dr. Tracy Hines Lashley, and I am here to serve, and I am here to share the stories of authors around the globe. So, Ms. Pamela, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Pamela Hinkle, and first I would like to thank Dr. Tracy for the privilege of being here. We had a little time to chat before the broadcast, and just what a dynamic and dynamite person you are. It is such a privilege to be here and to be on your broadcast. I was telling Dr. Tracy before we before we came on live here on the air, I was like, how exactly did we even meet? <laughs> it was just what I call one of those divine moments where, uh, you know, we ended up connecting and really have enjoyed each other. And I'm just so thankful for you and, and oh, for wow, you opening your heart and opening up to me like this. It's, you're, you're really a treasure and a treat. So listeners, keep listening to her because she's a treasure <laughs> and a treat. And you're blessed and you're blessed and you're better because Tra Dr. Tracy is here. Well, as she said, I'm Pamela Hinkle and I am the founder of Purpose by Design. I am an author, a conference speaker, a minister, and a success coach. I hold weekly podcasts, vlogs, blogs, and I, I like to think and hope and pray that all of those different things give education and inspiration to those that listen. I've been told they do, so I'll just take it that they do. <laughs> um, I love leading people to dream. Uh, I, you know, somebody asked me earlier today, well, what if my dream is dead? And I said, then dream another dream. So it's important to me to lead people to dream and to go after, you know, their potential, because we all have potential. They often say a graveyard is the richest place in the world because of all the potential that wasn't dug out and discovered while it was here. So to me, that's kind of what drives me, Dr. Tracy. I love to motivate motivate people and help them find their niche, or I think as they say in France, their niche. Their niche. <laughs> and, and help them excel in it. Um, I kind of think of myself as your cheerleader with my little pom-poms on because success, discovering it, is an exciting moment, but we all know that success is an uphill climb and sometimes a battle. So I want to give the necessary strategies and anything else to help somebody flourish along their way. I have lots of personal experience to share education. And of course, Dr. Tracy can relate to this. Being a lady or a woman in leadership, we learn a lot really quick. So um, my kind of theme is, hey, let's just sit down together and chat, maybe have a cup of coffee or tea and make it real casual, which is what I feel like we're doing here today. Yes. Yeah. So on a personal <laughs> note, Dr. Tracy, my husband, James, yeah, we've been married 25 years. We have six children, one grandbaby, and all of the grandparents gave a hard amen on that. We love being <laughs> grandparents. We have our dog, Bailey 
who is a crazy lab or staff who like mm. does parkour all over my house. And I'm going, Oy vey, <laughs> we have three cats and at last count seven dogs. So seven dogs, seven birds. So <laughs> and we all live under the same roof and um, I get to escape in a good way and come and do fun things like this with you. And then, uh, and then back to my lovely, loud, wonderful family. And we live in Minnesota in America, because I know you have wow. some viewers that yes. are um, 170 countries. So <laughs> I wish I knew how to say hello in all those different languages, because I would. Yes, man. You know, you mentioned all. Oh, you said seven. You know, dolls. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, one is enough. <laughs> so you say seven birds. Do they talk? My daughter, one of my daughters is real. The, all of my family is into animals, but one of my one of my daughters is an extreme animal just crazy about animals. She'll probably be uh, some world famous veterinarian someday. Anyway, wow. she uh, had a desire for a cockatiel, which is like a cockatoo. Those are the white birds that have the kind of rooster top on top of their head. Oh, yes. So cockatiels are the mini miniatures of that. And they can talk. And they run a couple mm. hundred dollars to, to get one of those birds. And she wanted one. So uh, being the kind of mother I am and encouraging people to have skin in the game, I said, if you want one, honey, I will, uh, I will support you as you, uh, you know, pray and use your entrepreneur brain to figure out how you can earn it. And can I tell you that girl and I, mom did <laughs> some, right? Cause we do that, but not a whole lot in three weeks, she had the money for a bird and a bird cage. Wow. And all I had to do was buy the bird seed. And from that, uh, it just grew. And now she's got a flock and they're not all cockatiels, <laughs> but we, she has a flock now. And now because she's so good with them, um, people just call up and to say, you know, we've got a couple of birds that need a home. Would you like, and you know, we just can't oh, say wow. no. So we have. Yes, you can. I'm gonna show you, you just say no. <laughs> You fix your lips. <laughs> I'm going to have to tell her to run that one. But so we end up with these birds, but they're so cute. We got these little parakeets and English budgies and, and the cockatiels. And, and um, they're in another room away from my office so that I we don't hear them. <laughs> wow. I used to work in a, a clothing store back at home. I'm from Florida. And they had these birds all over the place. And they all talked. And I'm like, if you don't hush. <laughs> no, they do. Now, her one cockatiel says a couple of little words, not much. But you really have to work a lot repetitively with them or play, I don't know, some have some station going on your phone or whatever and just leave it there or on your echo that's just repeating words 24-7. And she, wow. we don't do that. She doesn't do that. But, um, you know, certain whistles and different things. And then there's little things like you'll say hello and you'll hear a hello back. So it, it's, it's cute. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now we're here because you wrote one fabulous book and another one's going out soon. Yes, so before we get into the book, I want to hear about that famous quote that you have on your website. Um, which one? <laughs> <laughs> The one about the heart, you adding value to others in. Yeah, 
yes. Well, you know, I just really feel that, you know, my heart is to add value to other people. Like that's what I do. And uh, Dr. Tracy, um, I don't remember when years ago, as I really was stepping out of, I don't want to say stepping out of, I was expanding my horizons and I felt that I was really being divinely led on that. So uh, for your listeners, I am a minister and from a very young age, I knew that that's what I was supposed to do was I was supposed to go into ministry. Now, uh, Dr. Tracy, when I stepped into the ministry and, and fairly quickly became an executive pastor, my, my husband and I founded a ministry together, a, a church. And then later on, my husband handed the senior pastorate to me. And, uh, and he was on to some other entrepreneur business things, which he's, he's a great pastor, but he's, he's even, even better as, as a, uh, as working out in the work world and, and being a light and shining there. So, uh, I found out as I stepped into ministry, even, uh, 25 years ago, but definitely as I took on more responsibility in that world, and as I then became a senior pastor that, well, women weren't really all that welcome in many ministry circles. Uh, so the whole idea of a woman in leadership, Dr. Tracy, whether it was in the regular workforce um, or it was in the church world where you would think, hey, we're all in the same faith together. It should not have been an issue. And yet I found that it was. Now, it, it, it sideswiped me because I wasn't expecting it because I'm like, you know, I mean, uh, the Apostle Paul was always surrounded by women and Jesus went to the woman at the well and and uh, and gave her the commission of taking his message back to the entire town of Samaria. And because of her, the scripture says that the whole town gave glory to God. So as far as I was concerned, a woman could do whatever a man could do. Right. Yes. And I was shocked <laughs> to find out that a lot of people didn't believe that. So um, I read a book by Kenneth Hagen called The Woman Question, and that settled it for me. And this was many years ago and it settled it for me that I was doing what I was supposed to do and that I didn't have to be concerned that I, 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 I was do I was right and I should continue. But as I continued and I, you know, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I came up against this all the time, but enough that it triggered for me that I could just kind of storm through the faith world and sound like a feminist, or <laughs> I could take a message of hope outside of the church walls, outside of the faith community walls, and I could take it out to a world, a large world that needs it. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not accepted in my faith community because I am, but I could have lived under the limitations or I could branch out and I chose to branch out. So at that time when I chose to branch out and, and in today's society, there's a lot more freedom for women in leadership and women in leadership and ministry. So what I'm experiencing now is a lot different than 20 years ago. Right. But yeah, as I started to make that change, Dr. Tracy, I sat down with a mentor and I'm a big believer in mentors and coaches, which is why I am one. And I encourage everybody <laughs> to have one. I came across this thing called seven levels deep and seven mm. levels deep. I've seen it called five levels, 12 levels. I don't even call it that. I, 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 I call it this and why, or what next, or what do you want? That's kind of what I call it instead of seven levels deep. And I'll tell you why. So the first question was, 
why do you do what you do? And at that time, that was ministry. And so I would ask, I would answer the question, well, I do it because, you know, I felt like I was supposed to, I want to help people. And what about being in ministry once you makes you want to help people? Because then I see people fulfilling their purpose and that excites me. Well, what about seeing people fulfill their purpose excites you next time? So now I have to answer the question a third time, right? <laughs> because I see fulfillment in their lives. They have joy. They no longer are feeling like, you know, I'll never lose this weight or I can't write this book or I'm a mistake. I should just give up. Everything I do fails. I see people succeeding and stepping forward in life. And that gives me excitement and, and it gives me purpose. So as we went through this, I think it was seven times that time, <laughs> that's the bottom, the bottom root of that or rung of that was this. I want to add value to as many hearts as I can. Wow. And that's my purpose. That's my purpose. So out of it, it gives me my plumb line. If it's not serving the purpose of adding value, then I don't have time for it. So I can gain my life in my family, my marriage, my faith um, ministry, and also what I do with Purpose by Design, whether I'm writing a book or I'm doing a vlog or a blog, it comes back to, is it adding value to others? And is it adding value to me? Because if it's not, you know, I, I we're on a radio broadcast right now, so your 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 listeners can't see me waving, but I say bye bye <laughs> if it doesn't. And it's been my life, my lifeblood really is. Does it add value? And if it does, I'm all about it. And that's what makes my heart beat is adding value to others' lives. Did that answer the question? Yes, it does. And you know, the reason I pointed it out because. That is something that I do. I want to add value to others. Yes. And if someone brings something to me and it doesn't serve my purpose, I redirect it. Mm. I'll pass it on to someone else. Absolutely. Because, you know, yeah. I need to make room for things that I need to, you know, accomplish and help others. And that's that what that's how we met um, on the online. I think it was on in the group. I think it was. We were chatting in the, in the group. Yeah. <laughs> yes and actually you know and it's funny because so many of you have reached out to me to be on the show and i say okay i gotta get it i get things ready and because you know this is a new show and you were like okay um i didn't receive that email <laughs> i said okay well since you reached out you're it you were just gonna put you on the show <laughs> oh i am so honored and privileged to be here you're welcome. Really? Yes, I, I was excited to have you on here. And I'm excited now. when you reached back out. It was like it happened. <laughs> and I was ecstatic about that. So this is wonderful. And I don't have Messenger on my phone. So I have to be at my computer. I had to take it off my phone because of crazy calls. And I'm like, oh, yeah. who are these people <laughs> calling me on my phone? So I was yeah. sitting at my computer and it, I heard a ding. And I'm like, okay, what's this? <laughs> And it was you. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, all right. Well, go ahead and get her on the show. <laughs> so it worked out and I'm happy. Um, you mentioned that you and your husband are pastors. Yeah. 
and and, and your passion feeds into that. Yes, you know, your right. purpose. Right. So, what made you decide to go this route? The route of pastoring, or which mm-hmm. route? Yeah, the route pastor. to pastor. Okay. Yes. And I know your your church is called Victory Celebration Family Church. Correct. That's us. Yeah. So as a, you got it, girl. <laughs> um, as, a, as a young woman, and when I say young, I mean like in my my early 20s, I, I really knew that that was what I was supposed to do. And I, you know, I did other things that were always service-based, whether I was cleaning somebody's house, or I was, you know, and I, I went to school to be a nail technician. I mean, and for a while I was booking people's travel. I was a travel agent and the the manager there would be frustrated with me because um, I was supposed to book a cruise or a vacation and I'm trying to get as many freebies for people as possible because I'm so service, you know, add value, add value. And, and I would get in trouble for giving too much away. <laughs> So once I got into ministry, which, like I said, eventually landed me as a pastor, um, it was just a breath of fresh air because it's really what I had always wanted to do was just add hope. And so how my husband and I ended up as pastors, uh, we met and we married and I already was working in the ministry um, serving. We'll just put it that way. I was helping. I was serving. I was doing things. uh, in women's ministry, a conference speaker, uh, different things of that nature. And we ended up, my husband and I ended up helping a pastor in Minnesota that was from Ghana. And we helped pioneer uh, his church. And we loved it so much. We just loved it. it. It, it was so fulfilling he came to a place where he really didn't, he really didn't need us anymore. We certainly could have stayed on, uh, but we knew that it was time for the next thing for us. And so we pioneered Victory Celebration Family Church in the year of 2000. We pioneered it. And, uh, you know, we've always been the church on the go because we have never felt like putting down roots and having a church steeple (laughs) with what we were supposed to do. So on the go, we have uh, been in Minnesota. We haven't gone to other states, but uh, we've been housed out of whether it was a school or it was a mall or um, another church, even a church, another church building uh, or a a rec center. I mean, we've just tried to go into the different highways and byways and and be, again, a message of hope. And so we've done that. uh, You know, like I said, that was in uh, 2000 when we pioneered that work. And uh, it's 2020 now. So uh, that gives you an idea of how long we've been pastoring. And seven years ago, uh, my husband said that, you know, it was time for him to return back. Uh, Not that he disappeared. He still stands by me. We work together. But he handed over the uh, completely. Uh, I had been the executive. So I sort of I was there in the background and also, like I said, the women's conferences and taking over uh, evening services or doing some outreach. But at that time, it was time for him to step to step onto the next and best for him. And so for the next and best for him meant the next and best for me, which was that I would take over that role as senior wow. pastor. And that was seven years ago. And boy, it's been a ride. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> It sounds like it. 
Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay. Dr. Tracy Lashley is the voice of the oppressed and master of teaching the transformational steps from pain of trauma to the power of a survivor. Destined for the shape-shifting ability to step into thriving beyond trauma. She has survived welfare, single parenthood, divorce, military spouse life, being broke, living with bad credit, borderline homeless, not being able to feed her children, just simply struggling to survive for her and her children. If you can relate and wish Dr. Lashley to assist you, contact her today by sending an email to info at drtracielashley.com or by going to her website at drtracylashley.info. Dr. Lashley is an expert team culture strategist who educates leaders on techniques to harmonize family and work life while developing dynamic and productive teams. After being raised under privileged becoming a single mother of two, Dr. Lashley married an army soldier who deployed to Afghanistan, Iraq, and Korea 11 times during his 20 years of service. She was forced to raise three of five children essentially alone. As a working mother and college student for 10 years, she had to find a sense of balance while juggling her children's activities and not losing herself in the process. She now helps working mothers and women in leadership positions harmonize their life while creating dynamic and productive teams at home and work. Are you ready for Dr. Lashley to elevate your teams at work and home? If so, contact her today by sending an email to info at drtracielashley.com or by going to her website at drtracylashley.info. We are back. We're here with Ms. Pamela Hinkle. Oh, I am ready to hear about your books. <laughs> well, I'm excited to share about them. Thank you for this opportunity to do so. So my book is called Captivated, and I have to give you a little backstory on it. Then I can explain the name. So a few years ago, four years to be exact, I fell backwards and I tripped over a power cord and fell backwards and landed on a um, point, the, the point, the front point of a wooden step. So if you can think about how the wood comes together and makes it kind of that sharp point, I fell with quite strong force. And as I lay on the floor, I couldn't move. And when I was able to start moving, the pain was excruciating, unlike anything I had ever experienced. When I did get to the emergency room, uh, they, you know, took a quick x-ray and uh, sent me home. They said, yeah, you hurt your back. <laughs> Take some pain pills. And if this happens, if this happens, if this happens, then you need to go to a back doctor. And so... Um, I mean, everything was inflamed in my back and I was really sore, uh, but they didn't do an MRI or anything like that. They just sent me home. So um, my back appeared to be getting better a little bit. And then I started having really sharp uh, pains, shooting pains. And if anybody's ever had nerve pain, you know what I'm talking about. And I started having it going down my thigh and then pretty soon it started going down, uh, you know, my backside as well. Yeah. And it quickly became unbearable, unbearable to the point that I would honestly, Dr. Tracy, I just, I could have cared less 
if I didn't survive because I was in so much excruciating pain. So I was able to get in for an MRI and I had a lot more damage done to my back than was originally um, found. So, you know, things like multiple pinched nerves and other stuff. And so this was not just a, um, an oops, you fell and it's got an owie and it's going to take a couple of weeks to get better. So the long end of that story, we'll make it short, is this. I spent almost four months where I either couldn't walk and uh, I have six children and I'm and a, a church that I run and I'm an entrepreneur and I don't take sitting down very well. I'm sure your audience, <laughs> many can appreciate that. And I know you can. Yes. And I was forced to, so I either couldn't walk uh, or I had to, finally, I was able to get up and move around very slowly uh, with a walker. And yeah. yeah, and it wasn't that I couldn't walk. It's, it was this, I had no strength in my legs from the pinched nerves. Um, I was too painful. I'm not a person that likes to take medications. I'm not against them. I will take them when they're needed. But for me to sit down and take pain meds, it has to be pretty serious. Uh, and I was trying to work through the pain and, and, and still work. I was still trying to work. And I remember the doctor's nurse calling me and saying, Pamela, this is not going to work this way. You need at least two weeks of you not moving around, just take the medication. And I remember taking that first pill along with a gabapentin, which is a nerve blocking. And the two of those together, it was like just a few minutes. And I was saying night, night world. I was, you know, (laughs) but I remember taking it and think and struggling. Like I'm the cheerleader, I'm the coach. (laughs) What is happening here? Like, I have to take this medicine now and and struggling with feeling so defeated and not being able to cook the dinners for my family, not being able to take my son to his little league, not being able to um, go to church and minister, not having to postpone clients that were waiting for me. Uh, having to, and then trying to email them when I was on drugs. I mean, seriously, you know, it was, it was awful. And I, and I was finding myself very discouraged, finding myself fighting depression for the, really the first time in my life to this point, you know, I, we all have our ups and downs, but this was really, really down. I mean, I couldn't get to the bathroom by myself, you know? And so I, uh, called my mentor who I called Papa Joe. And I say called (laughs) Papa Joe because he's the, he's the late Papa Joe. Uh, he is in heaven now. And uh, Papa Joe, it was a great man of faith and also a great leader, brilliant business mind. And I called him and I honestly, Dr. Terry, I expected, I expected to have some earth shaking, heaven shaking prayer (laughs) that he was going to pray for me. And I was going to get up out of the chair and start doing some hallelujah dance. Okay. (laughs) And after I, you know, licked my wounds and said, woe is me and paused for Papa Joe to have something amazing to say, this is what he said, Pamela, you're going to have to walk this one out by faith, honey. And 
Uh, and that was it. And he was on <laughs> to the next topic. And I had to tell back, wait, can we, what, what does this mean? What do you mean walk this out by faith? And he said, if you continue to see yourself in that chair, now I wasn't in a wheelchair. This was like a lazy boy chair type of thing. If you can yeah. continue to see yourself in that lazy boy chair, you're always going to be there. If you continue to just accept the walker, that's where you're going to be. If you keep looking at everything negative, you're not going to get out of this. You need to focus wow. forward on what you want, like you tell everybody else to do, and let your body catch up with your mind and catch up mm. with your faith. I was angry when I hung up the phone. That's not what I wanted to hear. But it, was, <laughs> it was so true. So I went and literally um, went into a time of prayer. I was up usually most of the night because I couldn't sleep with the different medicines and the pain I was in. I was in if I, unless I had just taken a, a medication to knock me out, I couldn't sleep. And so that night in particular, after talking to Joe, I was up, I couldn't sleep. And I decided to have some me think time, me time when I would think and I would reflect heavenward. And these words bubbled up on the inside of me. There's no other way for me to say it, but it just was there. It was so apparent. You ever had a thought just come? <laughs> yes, all this, the time. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. And this is what it was. I could be captive to my injury and all the negative thoughts and the medic and the, the everything from the medicine and all of that, or I could choose to be captivated instead. Wow. And of course, captivated was going to certainly focus me heavenward, but captivated meant I was no longer in that chair, even though I was physically in that chair. Yeah. I had to come out. I had to come out. And so captivated is the name of the book. And the tagline is learning to live as an audience of one. And of course, the audience of one, being that I am a woman of faith, the audience of one would be my creator, my God. That's who it is and how uh, he, I chose to be captivated to him, which would end with a positive note rather than captive. Oh, yes. In the moments. Mm -hmm. And so the book is about my journey through that, but wow. also giving a lot of instruction of what I learned for somebody else that might feel that they're captive, whether it's to, it could be to an addiction, right? It could be to a bad relationship. It could be to old cycles or trying to lose weight or um, feeling insecure about who they are. So it's my, it's my journey through that and how to become captivated as to an audience of one. And you might say that audience of one is yourself. You could say that on audience of one is yourself and, um, and God, that's really up to each individual. Uh, but that is the theme of my book. Wow. You know, it is hearing that story. I just think about, 
when I started writing, I just started writing in um, March, believe it or not. My first book, I was in an anthology. I was in seven anthologies in the last um, five months. <laughs> so wow. three are bestsellers already. But it, it, I'm thinking about the healing that you re you receive after writing your story. Yes. Every every book I you know have written in has a piece of me. You learn a little bit more about Tracy, yeah. which it was so difficult for me to let it out. Mm. What would you tell people if they're trying to hold everything in and being selfish, <laughs> not releasing their story? I would tell them this, the graveyard is the wealthiest <laughs> place because of all the potential that has not been tapped and that they want to untap everything that has been given to them and that their story absolutely is going to help somebody there. Your mm -hmm. voice is necessary. People need to hear it, whether they hear it with their ears or they read it and hear it, you know, yes. they need to speak out. And I understand because I sort of was saying, well, who am I? You know, okay. I, <laughs> I, I help, you know, these people, I, I, I do this, I, I am a minister, okay, whatever. But really, is my story something that I need to write? I mean, come on, and then publish it? Is that really something I need to do? And in my, 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 my brain wanted to say no. But what I just said to you, it just rose up within me. Uh, no, you need to do that. When we go through a mess, there is a message in it. Yes. Isn't that the truth? Or if there's a test, there is a testimony coming yes. from it. And somebody else needs to hear your story because it will come in the, in the nick of time for somebody. And yes. if my story does that, I'm so excited. But as Dr. Tracy said, the healing that comes from that for yourself is huge as you're writing it and as you're rewriting it. And Dr. Tracy, I'm sure you have this happen. I have people reach out to me after they've read my, my book and it's not a real long, it's a smaller book, but they'll reach out to me whether I have known them for a while as a friend or a family member or somebody that a, a client or if it's a faith-based connection and they'll say, I had no idea. Yes that you went through that. I didn't know that this happened to you. And if it's somebody that I don't know really well, I immediately feel an intimate connection to that person because you're right. When you author something and you put it on, you put it down, blood, sweat, and tears goes into that writing and a piece of you goes with it. And so when somebody picks up your book, whether it's on Kindle or it's a regular hard copy, they're, they're getting a piece of your heart. Yes. They are. Yeah. And I, I often say that I had to get naked. <laughs> oh, that is so good. You have to. <laughs> and transparent, right? Like, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you heard in one of the commercials, I've been through a lot. And I, you know, talk about it in each book. And it's it's just... It took a lot for me to do that, I'm sure. to actually come out. You know, I work on um, a military installation and I talked to some of the people there. You know, some of my employees 
have never had to go through certain things. Mm -hmm. And when I bring up the fact that, you know, I was on the welfare or, you know, I was borderline homeless, had nowhere, you know, to lay my head or the children not being able to eat or things like that. And right. and I could have gone other places. I could have gone to my parents, whatever, but I, I struggled on my own because I'm going to get through this. And I'm glad I was struggling Yeah, because now that helps someone else. That helps them say, hey, I can I can come out of this situation. That is so good. And realizing that uh, you don't have to juggle with the struggle. I mean, you can you can just I like that. that. I know I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can have the struggle, and and you can trust it. And and I don't mean trust it in a negative way. Mm-hmm. You can go through it and win. Yes, it can become a win. It becomes part <laughs> of who you are, and you can show somebody else how to get through that struggle without the juggle, right? You yeah. can show them the way and the pathway through mm-hmm. that. And our struggles, the failures we make, they're, they're nothing to be ashamed of. No. I think John Maxwell has said this so many times and I've heard so many leaders say, fall, fail or fall forward. You know, yes. every time we go down, we get up stronger. Yes. You know, I love yoga and uh, in yoga class, they will always have you do a, uh, a stability pose for a balance pose. And usually you're on one leg for what seems like a crazy, ridiculous amount of time. I will fall down. <laughs> and, you know, and everybody is there. And the instructor will always say this. He or she will say, you know, because we're all wiggling and wobbling. And, and uh, the instructor will say wiggles and wobbles and even falling over is good and you'll hear a bunch of chuckling in the room <laughs> and then they will the instructor will come back with this when you when you wiggle when you wobble and even fall over it is the sign that your body is getting stronger if wow. you are just standing there and that pose is not causing that internal stress and wobbles and wiggles then you've mastered that. You need to find another pose or you need to hold it longer. So we we can apply that to our life. Like if Mm -hmm. something is difficult like that, like what you went through, you went through the wiggles and the wobbles and the falling down, but it made you stronger in the end. And now you can share that. Somebody else might be able to dance around or get around some (laughs) of the wiggles and the wobbles that you went through because you shared them with them the knowledge how to avoid that. But yet all of us have to go through those things in life, don't we? And yes. it makes us stronger. And so that is always my encouragement to people is it's okay. Fall down, get back up. Fall down, get back up. You know, you're getting stronger. Wiggle, wobble, fall over. It's okay. We keep moving. It becomes yes. part, of our, part of our message. You know, I tell people if you never fall, never fail. How are you going to know how it feels to get back up? (laughs) (laughs) So true. Or the gratitude for getting back up. The gratitude for for divine help. The gratitude Mm. for the friend or the inspiration that comes from within. Uh, You know, whatever it is, finding that (laughs) gratitude I don't think we experience the depths of gratitude until we have fallen 
and we yes. get back up. Yeah. And it's a roller coaster ride. Mm -hmm. You're not going to just be like, okay, I'm going to fall one time, you know, <laughs> I'm going to fall all cute and stuff. Let me get back up, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> no, so you're going to fall and you're going to fall hard. Mm -hmm. I think Les Brown said about the time he, about the time you think you've got life mastered, it comes around and hits you with something else. I don't know. That's not the exact quote. That's, that's, that's close. <laughs> but, that, but that's it. Like you think you've got it figured out. Boom. Here's this. Yeah. You know? And so we're not saying that, you know, life is, you know, just a bunch of storms, but um, it's not even roses have thorns. Right. So yes. um, I, I think it's important that people know that with every success that they have, it's an upward struggle. And, and that's mm -hmm. good. It's, it's good. Yes. Mm -hmm. If you don't struggle, you won't have a story. So true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my book is about because I had a struggle, right? Exactly. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you have a struggle, you have a story. And that story, when you tell it, whether it's on paper <laughs> or it is verbally or both, when yes. you tell that story, somebody else's life will be changed. Yes. Now you said you had another book you're working on? I do. Um, I'm working on it. It'll be a spring release. And spring release could be as soon as January or February. Uh, you can be updated, you know, just whatever links that Dr. Tr Tracy has available. You can just click on those. And <laughs> you can tell them what it is now. You can go ahead and it's tell them. Purpose, well, Purpose by Design is the name of, of my organization. And so this book will be named after that namesake, Purpose oh, by Design. Oh. And again, this was uh, spurred on. It was really, it's really a book that's come out of COVID, truly. Um, I hmm. have a free online course called Purpose by Design. Oh, and wow. I have just finished an eight-week uh, full course of, of life purpose by design that I've called life by design. Okay. And that's the, the full, full completed course. The wow. four, the purpose by design free course was only four sessions. But as I was going through that, I was going through that and creating that uh, at the beginning of COVID. And what really spurred me to do that is, uh, you know, I have had the luxury of having some amazing people speak into my life and teach me and educate me and direct me and help me. And I have spent most of my adult life helping as many people as I can to achieve their purpose by design, right? Wow. And so when COVID hit and all of a sudden you couldn't go out, you couldn't do the different things that you were doing, people were without work, people mm -hmm. were sitting at home, parents were saying, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I went, I got busy and said, we're going to, we're going to make a class that's free so that nobody has to pay for it right now. And then we're going to take that class and we're going to turn it into a book. And then we're going to wow. take that book and we're going to take the knowledge of that book and turn it into an eight week online. So if a per eight week on, well, online course, paid course. Mm -hmm. So if somebody does the free class they're not getting everything that's in the book because the book has more. And if they read the book, they're going to be extremely excited to take the class. So I am really thrilled about Purpose by Design because it's my life. It's every struggle yeah. as a woman, every struggle as a mother. And I say my secret sauce is 
we talked about it before the do it all Dolly that I mean, you know, <laughs> not Dolly Parton, right? <laughs> Although I do have one there. So, um, but you know, that we, I know how to, I know how to juggle it. I know how to juggle the home. I know how to juggle the kids. I know how to juggle the school stuff, how to, how to be a leader, how to keep my head above water, how to stand and and defend my position without being hopefully too annoying, how to <laughs> dig and go after my purpose and 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 be captivated in, in at the right times and the right moments, and how to chase after your dream when you're hearing you're you're not good enough, you're not the right gender, you can't make it happen, and how to knit that all together and serve it to somebody where they can take what they want and apply what they want and run with it. And, and I'll stand there and be there. Um, I'm clapping right now. Um, I'm their cheerleader and encourage them along the way. So uh, purpose by design is, is my life. All that I've been through, all that I've learned, pouring it into these resources to help people along their way in life. And of course, if they so desire, I work with folks one-on-one -on -one if that's something that they want as well. That's amazing. So we're going to take another quick break, but when okay. we come back, we are going to hear about facing their fears. Ooh, all right. <laughs> Bossed Up Lead Hers Incorporated is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation with a mission to eliminate stereotypes amongst women and girls in the workplace, schools, and communities, while providing a sanctuary to produce intentional growth, success, and significance generate essential resources to elevate women and girls to an entrepreneurial mindset and executive leadership. Our amazing team of regulars and part-time volunteers are committed to helping others. We take our convictions and turn them into action. Think you would be a good fit? Get in touch for more information. If you wish to find out more or donate to help with our cause, go to bossdupleadhers.org. We want to hear from you. Thrive Talk with TKT is a show to have discussions with and for women around the world. We seek to empower and equip more leaders and entrepreneurs. If you have a young lady between the ages of 13 and 18 who seek empowerment, please have them go to forelpowerup.org. If you want more information on the organization, please go to bossdupaleathers.org. We are back. We're here with Miss Pamela and excited. <laughs> Let's talk about you have blogs and vlogs, which are very interesting. So you guys need to go out there and check those out. Thank you. <laughs> um, I saw one about keys to conquering your fears. Yeah. And um, I hope that your listeners will go and listen to it because I go into a lot more detail than I will just in a few minutes here. Uh, but I would like to start out by saying this. It's okay to be afraid. Fears are real. And if they, if it wasn't okay, um, well, we wouldn't, if it was something that we weren't supposed to have, we wouldn't experience them, right? Yeah. Um, fears are real. And the, the cool thing about that is you can overcome them, right? You don't have to stay afraid. You can overcome them. And so the first thing that I would say is acknowledge that they're there. 
acknowledge that they're there. That's number one. That's number one. Like <laughs> we don't sit there and go, oh, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like um, men sometimes they're like, oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not scared. No, I'm not yeah, afraid of it. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Acknowledge it. Now we don't want to stay there. We no. want to acknowledge it. And that's what I call facing your fear. Experiencing fear is normal. It's natural. But that's where most people stop. Let me give you an example. Now, I'm not knocking anybody that has any fears, okay? Because we all deal with we it. All have let's, them. Just yeah. say, <laughs> let's just say that you had a fear. Well, I'll just use public speaking because I taught public speaking for years. And people would say, I am deathly afraid of public speaking. <laughs> I am so afraid of it. I hyperventilate. I can't do it. I can't help it. I've got this really bad fear. And they would just talk the fear, talk the fear, talk the fear. And then when they would try, when they would get up to give their presentation, they couldn't do it. They were all locked up because all they did was talk their fear. Well, when I would educate the class, I would say, you know what? Public speaking doesn't have to be a fear. It can be a learned skill that you overcome. And I would hit a lot of, you know, I get a lot of roadblocks from people there who wanted to stay in the fear. You know, maybe they didn't, maybe deep down somewhere they didn't want to, but somewhere above all of that, there was no, I'm afraid. So they're comfortable where they are. Comfortable. That is, <laughs> so it could be, you know, I'm afraid of getting in another relationship because I've been hurt so bad. I'm afraid of the dentist. I don't know, whatever it is. I'm afraid of success. I'm afraid of failure. Did you know about me? I don't <laughs> like the dentist. <laughs> children that don't like the dentist and we had to work through that you know work through that I'm like you gotta go baby for the rest of your life let's conquer that yeah. it doesn't mean that it's ever going to be your favorite thing that you're going to be skipping through the steps going yeah i get to the go to the dentist but if we let if we let fear rule our life in any capacity it will so we have to face it so there's a scripture in joshua where god tells joshua he says be courageous be courageous and then you will be success courageous doesn't mean that you don't have fear it means you face it bravely and and sometimes that bravely is one little baby step at a time and sometimes it's running you know maybe with your eyes shut and running and screaming and just hoping you're going in the right direction <laughs> but you have to face it and that's where most people stop is they don't face it. They just say, well, I'm afraid, therefore, or yeah. I've been hurt too many times and that's it. Uh, and they and, and they stay in that, the bondage of that mm -hmm. instead of being liberated and using that fear, turning it into something that will cause them to scale and climb something that they can learn from and learn through and make it their success story, make it their secret sauce in life. Yes. I used to be afraid of that. Listen, this is what I did, right? Most people stay afraid. And that's why 90% of people, Dr. Tracy, do not experience fulfillment in their life. 90% do not experience, don't know their purpose. That's that's wow. that, I, I think right. less less percentage I saw was 92%. So 92% of people stay in a little box because they're too 
uh, apprehensive or fearful about what if, what if, what if, right? So it's only 8%, 8% will step out of the box and go for it. Whether it is losing weight, gaining weight, going after a different relationship, maybe you're in a relationship you should get out of, learning to say no, learning to yes. say yes, learning to say, take care of yourself, writing that book, doing that blog, doing yes. that blog. <laughs> You know, whatever it is, only 8% of people will wow. do that. Or how about facing a diagnosis instead? Of, I mean, facing the fear of that diagnosis rather than letting it face you. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. And most people stop at, I'm afraid. Yes. And um, if, if we're not careful, our responses in life become fear-based and that is not healthy instead wow. of courageous based. And I'm not talking about just having to be a super brave soldier. If we're gonna face our fears, um, we have to go through them. And, and that's where I'll, I'll say just a few more things and let it mm -hmm. sit there. We can't expect fear to run away until we face it. I wanna tell you a short little story. A friend of mine many years ago, probably seven years ago now, her husband was very sick with a brain tumor. And in the morning, he was gonna have surgery and there was a chance he wouldn't survive. But if he didn't have the surgery, he wouldn't survive. Wow. And at 3 a.m., she called me and ended up coming over to the house because she couldn't sleep and she was hyperventilating. And the fear of her husband dying was overwhelming. They had been married forever and a day and had kids and grandkids and it was overwhelming. And so I sat with her and I said to her, I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go through it together. Wow. And we'll, uh, we'll just, we'll just say his name was Joe. <laughs> what happens? You were at the hospital and they come out and tell you that Joe didn't survive. What now? And she began to weep and cry. And I, we went through it step by step. Then what are you going to do? Then what are you going to do? Wow. Then what are you going to do? So we went through all of that. It took a couple hours because it was pretty emotional. But this is the amazing part. We got down. We got done with all of that. And I am sitting there thinking, okay, what am I going to say next? You know, give, I need some inspiration. What am I going to say next? And she looked up, dried off her eyes. And she said, I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> I'm not afraid. Wow. If he doesn't make it, I already know what to do. The, un, the fear of that unknown is over. And I mean, I don't want him to die. I love my husband. I want him to stay. But that fear no longer has a grip on me. I can go home now and be there when he wakes up and I can support him all the way into the OR and, you know, all that stuff. He did survive. They did the surgery. And uh, literally yeah. the tumor, when they got to where that part was at, the doctor, the surgeon said the tumor pretty much jumped out of his head and into the doctor's hands. Could you imagine? What? He said, I hardly had to do anything to cut that thing loose. And it literally oh my goodness. into his hand. So, um, 
Wow. But uh, this lady's husband had told her, said, you know what? I'm not leaving you unless it would be too hard for me to stay. If the result of the operation would be too hard for me to stay, then you need to let me go because I wouldn't be happy if I stayed. That was that whole thing was just driving her bonkers on the inside. Wow. But when she came over and in two hours, we walked through what if, what if, what if, what if. She had a plan. She had faced the wow. whole thing. And we went through the whole thing. What if he was paralyzed? <laughs> what if, you know, we went through it all. And literally the fear or maybe I shouldn't say the fear, the anxiety, yes. all those side effects <laughs> were gone. She faced it and she walked wow. her husband through that surgery with courage and, and called Man. me and said, he made it. He's awake. He's talking. Walk, talk, all that kind of stuff. He could do it. But that to me is an incredible example of what it means to face your fear. I had a friend that was afraid of heights. And so you know what he did? He went and found an elevator that was on the outside of a building, you know, so it was glass, looking out. And it was like, I don't know how many stories high. And he said, I am not getting off this elevator until I've conquered it. Like that didn't mean that he still wasn't afraid. <laughs> to deal with it right he had over yeah. that fear of heights no longer controlled him he was in the driver's seat of it he was courageous with it and uh you know it took him a while but he did it i don't think that he like loves to go on high roller coasters or anything <laughs> but if he needs to get on the elevator or he needs to get on an airplane he's not going to need pills to get wow. in there anymore so facing your fear will bring uh It'll bring blessing and it'll bring addition and it'll bring good things into your life because you face it, because you're yes. courageous. We, yes. don't let it, we don't let fear dictate to us. We dictate to fear. We yes. don't let it dictate to us. So in a nutshell, um, I just would say, take a leap of faith. Look that thing in the eye and take and face it. Take that leap of faith. And it could be just a little teeny step. There's a movie that's called What About Bob? And it's a <laughs> movie. But in this movie, um, the Bob, uh, he has some different struggles and he is very afraid of everything. But he gets a hold of a book called Baby Steps. And the baby steps, he starts taking just little baby steps. And this man that was completely frozen up, couldn't go outside without having gloves on, um, you know, was always wow. afraid of his bladder blowing up or having a heart attack <laughs> and all this crazy stuff, started with just those little steps, baby steps across the hallway, baby steps to the bathroom. And at the end of the movie, he not only is completely free of all of that, he has become a doctor himself and is teaching others. Wow. So I would say baby steps, one little step at a time. And of course, there's more on the, the vlog that you're speaking of yes. that people can go and check out. How about tell them how they can get in touch with you, your websites, your email address, yeah. whatever. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, Purpose Path and Power, is, you can look that up. Um, 
also uh, Purpose with Pamela. Uh, you can find my information there, my blog, especially uh, Purpose with Pamela at Gmail is how you can reach me on email. I'm on Facebook. I have Purpose by Design on Facebook, Purpose by Design on Instagram. I'm kind of newer to Instagram, so um, I'm, I'm still learning Instagram. I have teenagers that help me with that. Of course, that's what helps me. <laughs> and and uh, Pamela Hinkle, of course, on Facebook as well. So you could reach out in any of those arenas okay, at all. Would love to hear from you. Uh, would love to, you could look up Purpose by Design course and you'll yes. find the link for that if you're interested in the free course or the paid course. And uh, yeah, if you, you'll just look my name up, you'll find me. Yes, this has been amazing. I thank you for this. Man, the audience, I know they're going to probably listen to this multiple times. <laughs> That's awesome. You provided some great nuggets and thank you for being here. Thank you for the privilege. Yeah. And the it's, been, it's been fun. Thanks. All right, you guys, this is the end of our show and we will see you next week on When They Hear Us. Bye. Thank you for listening to When They Hear Us, where Dr. Tracy Hines Lashley and her guests provide stories and experiences. This is also a platform for authors to encourage, empower, and equip people around the world with their voice. To learn more about Dr. Lashley and her quest to share the voice of powerful writers, go to her website at drtracylashley.info. You may also contact her by sending an email to info at drtracylashley.com. Remember to always intentionally walk in your purpose and strive to elevate to significance.